mindset if you're new here hi this is my podcast <laughs> um so thanks for tuning in today i'm really excited because today i'm going to be interviewing jenny jenny king who i actually found through instagram i think actually somebody sent me your profile and they were like you should follow this girl because she's equinox and she's awesome um so <laughs> wow. i'm very excited to have you on the show um how about you tell us a little bit about yourself Okay. Um, so I am 22. I always forget how old I am. So I'm surprised <laughs> I got that right away. Um, I don't know why. I just, I just never, like, I don't feel like I'm 22 for some reason, but mm -hmm. I, I think it might be like the pandemic mixed with like living in New York city at such a young age, but I do the same thing. It was my birthday, um, like two weeks ago and it was like before my birthday, I would say I'm 25. And then I actually turned 25 and now I'm like, I'm 24. Wait, no, I'm not anymore. <laughs> Hold on. Why did I why did I say so early? Right. Happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm 22. Wow, long-winded answer. And I live in New York City. I just graduated college in May, uh, class of 2020. It's quite the year to graduate. And I have a full-time job in marketing at NBC, but I also my like passion is fitness and I teach group fitness classes at Equinox. And um, that's, that's me. I mean, right now it's a little, it's just, you know, pandemic vibes. So we're not doing right. classes, but uh, once classes are back in session, you can catch me at Equinox all the time. Yay. Awesome. Um, so I want to start off by talking a little bit about your health and fitness journey. So can you talk about your first introduction to fitness? Sure. Um, so growing up, I was not into fitness at all. And I kind of considered myself just a default, like not athletic person. Um, I grew up doing musical theater and I think I just had it ingrained in my head that I was just not the fitness girl. I was not the sports girl. Like I wasn't in that category, which was so wrong. And I don't know why I thought that. I think that was just misguided, uh, mm -hmm. misguided, just identity in my in my opinion but um i did some tennis i did jv tennis in high school for two years and i was okay but i wasn't like a star i was only doing it for two years so i didn't really become like a star athlete at that point and i went into college and i didn't work out my freshman year and i was really just unhappy with myself i think i just um I felt kind of lost. I didn't feel comfortable in my own skin. And I I was not overweight by any means, but I just was not a fit person. And I definitely was just not happy with myself and my body. And I think also fitness for me now is such a mental thing too. So it was just, I had a lack of structure. I had just moved to New York. Um, some A lot of stuff was happening in my family that was just not good. And I felt very lost my freshman year, so I was not working out. And then I went home. Um, I live in Rhode Island. That's where I'm from. And sorry, this is also a very long-winded answer. <laughs> no, I love that. It's <laughs> not an easy answer. But um, I went home for the summer between my freshman and sophomore year, and I started working. I worked the summer as a dockhand at a marina in Newport, Rhode Island, which, um, if you don't know, a dockhand is someone who ties up yachts on docks when they come and like, arrive at marinas and we like fuel them and you know do all that stuff so you're basically just running around docks um of this marina all day and i did that five days a week all summer sometimes six days but it was like it was basically like a 40 hour a week job but um just running all day so i lost in that summer, I think I lost like 15 pounds that summer and oh, it, wow. it was insane. And I was, and what I figured out during that time, because in high school, I, I had like a bad relationship with food, um, as pretty much every girl does growing up, which is very unfortunate, but I had like a restrictive mindset around food and I didn't have a diagnosed eating disorder or anything, but I definitely had like a bad tendency to think like I shouldn't eat that and like counting my calories and trying to eat such a little amount. And when I was working, um, and I, that, that like mindset kind of translate transitioned into my freshman year. So I was not in a good place mentally with food, but then when I was working at this Marina, I noticed that I was eating so much food. Like I, cause I was so hungry. Um, from running around all day. And so I was eating all this food and I was like, how am I losing weight when I'm eating like 
well over 2000 calories every single day. Like this makes no sense. And that's when I started to use like a fitness tracker watch. I got a Fitbit and, um, I, I just started to understand that like, you don't need to restrict yourself to be healthy and fit and happy. Like it's better to be active. It makes you feel better mentally, physically, and it kind of takes away those restrictions. You can have it all, I guess, is kind of what I was starting to realize. Um, And so I dropped 15 pounds, which was kind of crazy. I wouldn't say I was in like the best mental state like overnight, but it was like opening my eyes to, oh, I can be a fit person. I can lift heavy things. I can pull in boats. Um, And I started watching, um, actually, there's like a little bit more of the story here. So I started when I got back to school, I was like, oh, I have to keep this up. Like now that I'm this active person, I want to maintain that now that I'm going back to my kind of more sedentary lifestyle. So I started um, working out. I would go to the gym every single day after class and work um, for the first semester of my sophomore year. And so I would go and I would run on the treadmill and go on the elliptical. So I was doing all cardio and I just didn't really understand like weightlifting. And that started to kind of mess up my knees a little bit because I was running on the treadmill every single day. Um, So in the spring, I started to transition into more weight training and strength. And I started watching um, Natasha Ocean on YouTube. I I love her. I am obsessed with her. Yeah, she's the best. She's really an angel on this earth. I've actually met her. And no way. Yeah. Where? (laughs) Um, She came to New York uh, last summer. Oh my God. That's so cool. I, I cannot, she's so wonderful. Um, Carrie, I don't know if you know that I have a twin sister named Carrie, but um, she works at Hamilton, um, on the house staff. And so we gave Natasha and Mario a backstage tour at Hamilton and like, like 15 outfits from Gymshark as a gift. No, I like it was not necessary at all. We just like got it mail one day, and we were like, "This is the nicest thing I've ever experienced." She's she's so sweet. And what's so crazy is that when I started watching her videos, like she changed my whole mentality around food and fitness. And then I, when I got to meet her, I was like, "This is like an out of body experience." (laughs) Right. I think she's the coolest. Um, like she's literally the coolest person ever. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I started watching her videos and seeing that she does a lot of strength training and like the types of training that she does and pull-ups. And that's what inspired me to start training my pull-ups, which I now am obsessed with doing pull-ups. And um, she talked about like her transition from like restriction into just eating like intuitively and eating for fueling yourself and all that kind of stuff. And I think I just started to realize like, that's the kind of person that I want to be. That's kind of influence that I want to have. And around that time is when I started working at Equinox at the front desk and I guess that's kind of where everything took off. So that's like the, my intro into fitness. It's pretty long-winded, but that's kind of how I transitioned from being like a completely not fit person into someone who now lifts weights. And it kind of took quite quite a long time and a lot of pivots, but I finally feel really happy. Yeah, I love that your fitness journey um, like didn't start with like you going to the gym. Like It actually started with you being active in something else because I feel like that reflects so much in in like what you do now where because like you you always remind me that you can just get up and move like it doesn't need to be I I'm going to the gym and doing a workout um which is something that I just love about your pages that I'm like oh my god I don't need to like travel and like get somewhere and have like a planned out workout like walking around the block or like going on a bike ride is plenty to do and like that is a great way to stay active Oh my gosh. I love that you're saying that. That really makes me so happy because that's the kind of thing I've been trying to convey through my page. I think that I want to showcase the mindset that movement can be such a wonderful part of your life and like it can really benefit you and make you happy because I feel like a lot of people see workouts as a chore or as mm-hmm like something I have to force themselves to do. Like people say, like, how do you stay motivated? And I, I like to say, like, I, I understand that because I mean, where I, sorry, if you can hear the fairy horns behind me, (laughs) (laughs) you might hear sirens on my end. (laughs) We love New York. Love it. Um, I love that we're both in New York right now. Like love that for us. Um, 
but yeah, I, I feel like when I was in high school, I thought like, oh, workouts, like the worst. Oh my gosh. But mm-hmm. now my workouts are my favorite part of my day. And just like being active, the way that it makes you feel, I mean, just physically and mentally. And it just, if you do it the right way, it can be something that, that was a really long um, horn outside. <laughs> if you do it the right way, it can be such a, a joy in your life. And I think that that's also, it's just the mindset behind it. Because if you are looking at anything with dread, it's going to suck. You know what I mean? But if you're looking mm-hmm. at anything as an exciting challenge, it's going to be an exciting challenge. It's like, if you're looking at reading a book and you're like, oh, I have to read this whole book, every page is going to be so long and so painful. Or if you look at it like, oh, I'm going to like get my tea and light a candle and like sit in my, on my couch and like get involved in this story and like have the best time and relax that, do you see the difference? It's like, yeah, even put mm-hmm. anything in a more positive light. And I think that if you look at fitness in a more positive light, obviously getting started is hard if you're not used to it, but conditioning yourself to getting used to it is a lot easier if you're looking at it in a positive way. And also in a way of self positivity as well, because if you're looking at fitness as, sorry, this is another long-winded answer, but if- No, I love it. Don't, don't apologize. I am obsessed with it. Oh my gosh, I love. Um, if you're looking at anything, like you're doing it because you hate yourself versus you're doing it because you want to feel good about yourself. Like if you're forcing yourself to work out because you and you're like oh i'm the worst i suck i need to work out then you're like wow like this just sucks overall but if you're looking at a workout like i want to feel powerful i want to feel strong i want to be able to accomplish that i know that this is what's good for my body this is good for my health this is good for my men- my mental health and my emotions and it's going to set me off to a good start for the day like doing something out of love for yourself versus hate it's just such a powerful difference Yes. I literally say that all the time. I love that you brought that up. Um, and I think the other thing is like, people are, I feel like a lot of people start off with like aesthetics, like kind of how, how you were saying you were a little like upset and then you had like lost weight. Um, and you're in that first summer where you were starting to be really active. Like, I think people start off their fitness journeys with aesthetic goals. And so they'll, like, I get a lot of questions that are like, what's the best workout for me to do to look like this? What's the best workout for me to do this? And I always tell people, I'm like, the best workout is the one that you enjoy. Literally. Exactly. Done. (laughs) (laughs) There's just no like one, one size fits all workout. Like every workout's going to be different for everyone. But like, as long as you like it, that's the best workout. Totally. And there's so many different things too. And I, I feel like a lot of people, like I know so many people who love cycling, for example. And I, it's funny. I love to ride my bike, but I don't really love, I, I like cycling classes, but I wouldn't choose a cycling class over like a hit class, for example. Same. Me too. I don't know why, but I love, I love riding my bike outside. We went to Governor's Island. I don't know if you, have you gone? I haven't. I haven't. Oh my God. You have to go. It's so much fun. Um, and like the perfect social distancing activity, but we went like a couple months ago and that's how the whole, there's no, there's like cop cars, but there's no like real cars on the island. It's all bikes. It's so much Oh my fun. gosh. I need to go. That sounds so cool. And okay. I hope this warm weather lasts because it literally feels like springtime in New York City. Right. I up to press juicery this morning. And I had the <laughs> best time. I was listening to beautiful, amazing music and I was just, it was sunny and beautiful and 60 degrees on a December day. I don't really know. <laughs> but anyway, that was a really a, a tangent. What were we talking about? <laughs> I know. I was just like, wait, wait, wait. Where are we? Backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> so let's, let's backtrack to your fitness. Okay? <laughs> um, so so where where does the, the tie happen between like you starting to work at the front desk to becoming a group fitness instructor? That's, uh, that's an interesting transition too, because Similarly to how I never thought I was an athletic person before I started working out, I never, even when I was working out all the time and I was getting strong and I was even doing like pull-ups and lifting heavy weights and stuff like that, um, and I was working at Equinox, I never assumed that I would be a group fitness instructor because I just kind of put myself in the category of like, that's not something that you do kind of a thing, which is so mm-hmm. strange like that we put ourselves in these categories and i think i've been able to now see past that and see like oh wait if you if you put your mind to something you can really accomplish anything and and through my group fitness 
instructor journey. That's really been the case. But I was working at the front desk for six months and um, just to be able to use a gym and have some extra money. Uh, that was my second job um, at, at the time. So I was working two jobs plus school. So it was kind of like my weekend gig. And um, but I loved it. I loved being there. I loved meeting all the members and meeting the trainers and asking them so many questions and just whenever an instructor would walk in and like sign in at the front desk, I just was overwhelmed with their energy. I just always thought like, wow, they walk in with such confidence and such mm-hmm. intention and they're just so vibrant and exciting. Um, and I always just kind of admired them, but I never thought I would be one. And then one day the group fitness manager at the time um, came up to me at the front desk out of the blue and said, hey, have you ever considered group fitness? Um, I think you have great energy for teaching. And I, I literally laughed in his face. I was like, you're hilarious. That's, I've literally never even, no, it's never crossed my mind. And he was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I just was going to ask if you want to maybe be my mentee or something, but, you know, think about it, let me know. And I, I thought about it for a little bit. And then later that night I emailed him and I was like, so <laughs> what does this entail? This could be fun. Cause I started to think like, if he sees this in me, then maybe this could be me. Like maybe I'm just cutting myself short. Um, And I think like the thing that he saw in me was at the front desk, I was always friendly to the members, but when you work at the front desk, you also concierge the classes. So you walk into a class, you check people in. And a lot of times members can be very, um, it's like, a little bit cutthroat because it's like, oh, like I was a minute late, but someone took my spot on the wait list. And then, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Get upset if they're like running late and they need their class, but they miss their class. And I I was always able to handle that with confidence. I think a lot of people are get a little bit insecure when like someone's like, I need to take this class. And like, why did you let someone in? And like, you know. Right. Just like that confrontation. Right. But I think the key is handling it with professionalism and confidence and being kind and all that kind of stuff, but also being stern in your, in your ways. And I think that's something that an instructor needs to, to have. You, you have to have thick skin because members can be, can be tough, which they deserve to be. I mean, it's a, it's a harsh world out there, you know? Right. <laughs> but yeah, I think he saw the way that I interacted in those situations and at the actual front desk, like talking to members. And I think that's, what's interesting about it all is that, you'd think like he would see me in a group fitness class or something and think I should be an instructor, but it's really Mm -hmm. how you are as a person and, and, and that kind of thing. Cause anyone can learn to teach people. Um, Like I was, I got certified in ACE and then I learned how to be, you know, a professional fitness instructor and like teach people the skills and the technique and all that kind of stuff. But Mm -hmm. there's another thing that it can't really be learned. I think it has to be fostered within you. That is confidence and spark and energy and charisma. And like that whole part of it, I think came from partially like my musical theater background growing up and all that. So that was kind of the transition there. I started training to teach. I became a mentee and I, um, I trained for a few months. I auditioned and I didn't get it the first time which was so painful, like the worst thing, yeah, heartbreaking. But I was like, no, I'm getting back up. And my mentor at the time, um, his name's Lewis. He's incredible. Um, He's one of the best fitness instructors at Equinox. And I remember he called me and he was like, okay, so today you didn't get it. I want you to take a day off. Um, Maybe take the rest of the week off. We're not going to train this week, but next week, come to my office. We're get, we're going to get back on. We're going to get back into our training. We're going to keep going. And him not giving up on me was honestly, it just like made every, every difference in the world. And so we kept training for a few more months. And then I auditioned again a few months later and I got it. And now I have my dream job. So there you go. Don't give up. That's incredible. Yeah. I was about to, so you're, you're like the, um, I, I think either the second or third group fitness instructor that I've interviewed for this. And that sounds like so common with group fitness instructors is that they're like, I auditioned multiple times and didn't get it. And that is such a good lesson in like, don't give up. Like just because like exactly what you just said, like just because you don't get it the first time doesn't mean that it's not out there for you or it's not going to happen. It just means, you know, it's time to reflect, 
you know, change a couple things here and there, keep training and come back and try again. Yes. I think it's resilience. And I think that's something that they look for in instructors. So Definitely. it's almost like, I, I would say it's not like a benefit to not get it the first time, but if you don't get it the first time and then you come back a second time, that just shows like the guts that you have and the resilience and how much you care. Because a lot of people in the face of failure, they give up. And I think that the key is failure is not actually I don't want to say failure is not a failure, but failing does not make you a failure. It's just a step in the process that a lot of people see as like an end to the process. Um, but if you push it, the people who push past failure and, and rejection and falling, it's when you get back up that that really shows who you are. And I'm almost I mean, not even almost I, I'm glad I didn't get the first audition because truthfully, I was not ready. I needed that kick in the butt to say like, wow you did not do a good job. And like, you have a lot of work to do and you have to work harder on yourself. And like, you have to be better at this. Like you can't just expect it to be handed to you. So that's, I mean, those couple of months after the first audition is when I really kicked it into high gear and in my training and in my practice and just practicing by myself for hours and hours and hours. And I think it shows that if you care about something and you work hard enough, you can really achieve anything. Yeah, I think I think when we fail, that's when we learn the lesson because sometimes it's hard to learn the lesson when it's just like yep good job good job good job like even that um like validation i guess that you're doing it correctly doesn't hit you as hard as when it's like no you need to work on this you know then we can actually take things and and improve totally um so you said you got certified did you through ace was that through for group fitness or personal training i have a group fitness certification okay what was that process like that was actually um it was pretty hard um it's six months. You you buy the exam and you have six months to study and you get like a book in the mail and um, an online book copy and like all these online quizzes and stuff. And you basically self-study for up to six months and then you take the exam at like a proctor center. Um, and it's very challenging stuff. Um, but I think what I tell everyone, because I, I actually talk to a lot of people over like coffees and stuff about like people who want to become instructors. And they always ask about the ACE cert. And the truth about it is that it's hard because the job requires you to know a lot. Um, and yeah. it's, it's because you are protecting people's health. And I think it's almost like it's not like being a doctor or whatever because you're not like doing surgery on people but you are people are trusting you with their body because you're telling them how to move and what to lift and how to like tweak your positioning and you have to be responsible and, and understand how people's bodies work and so you learn a lot about anatomy muscle groups you learn about bones and you learn um, about different conditions like heart conditions and blood conditions and you learn about diabetes and how all of this stuff interacts with group fitness and with exercise. And also you learn about pregnancy and like what temperatures people should be working out in. And like, if mm -hmm. someone's in this position, how can you tweak them to make them not hurt themselves? And like, which muscle group are you working in this exercise and all this? And you learn verbal cues and nonverbal cues. You, you just learn so much. And it's a very complex job. It's, it's not easy. Um, but I think that getting that cert really taught me and it, it gives you the confidence to, to, to say, to show up and say, Hey, I know what I'm doing. Um, and so I think it's definitely worth it, but yeah, definitely a long study, uh, <laughs> but kind of gratifying to actually know all of that information. Yeah. What, what is, what is like one key takeaway that you could share with everyone from ACE? Yeah. Um, I would say do the practice tests because mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> that, that will show you if you know. You can read the book until you're blue in the face and then it could go in one ear and out the other. Do the practice tests. There's like online study sessions that you can like go in and talk to actual people um, who work at ACE. And so I did those and like asked questions and they explain it deeper and just memorize as much as you can and study and study and study. I studied for six months. I took it after six months. Like I did the whole six months and mm -hmm. uh, I read all the chapters and I reread them and I, yeah. Terms, muscle groups, practice tests. That's my advice.
Yeah. Yeah. I did the same thing because I, I did mine through NASM and like, I don't know why, but the textbook, I'm just like not a reader. So the textbook was just so confusing to me. But so I took the practice test like it was my full time freaking yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> it's daunting. And when you walk into the test, you're like, am I going to like forget everything? This is so hard. But I think I know oh my the God. most stressful thing ever. And it's so expensive. It's like hundreds of dollars, but worth it. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so what is what is it that you love about group fitness? Um, I I really love everything about it. I think what I love about teaching at Equinox is I'm able to go to so many different locations and meet so many people. Like in one week, I could teach around like sometimes I teach like five classes a week. Sometimes I'll teach like two classes a week. It just depends on where I'm subbing. And I'll usually teach at a different location for every single class. And I've taught at, I've counted, and I think it's 20 or 21 locations in New York City. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been all over the map. And it's cool because you meet That's members. Awesome. Every club has its own vibe. And sometimes I'll meet a member at one club. And a month later, I'll see them at a club across town. They'll be in my class again. It'll be like a surprise for them because I'm usually subbing. And they'll be like, oh, my gosh, this is so exciting. Like you're <laughs> again. Or um, some people will come to different locations just to take my class, which is honestly the best compliment ever. Yeah. Um, and it's just the connection. It's the energy. I love blasting music. I love the creativity of coming up with the programming for the day. I just love just inspiring people to to work out and to push themselves honestly it's just such a fun time it's like walking into a party every single day and I really miss it so so much it makes me so happy I know I feel like group fitness like everything's moving outside right now and I'm a little like what's gonna happen when it gets cold I feel so bad for for everyone because I know like group fitness is such a community and like you can do it at home but I feel like it's the energy when you walk into the room that makes it just so powerful. Yeah, it really is. That that's that's what it is. And uh we're just gonna have to wait and that's fine. Like if I if the hardest thing that I have to do during COVID is like wait for the studio surreal and I'm lucky. Mm -hmm. So I'm just trying to trying Definitely. to stay fit, stay active, focus on myself and um get back into it when things open up again. Yeah. Um, which which classes do you normally teach? I teach athletic conditioning and core conditioning, which is a blast. I love core conditioning. <laughs> I have this special playlist for it that's really intense, and it's so fun. Um, and people come out of that class just, you know, in pain, but in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> but in a good way. Yeah, their, their abs are in pain. The rest of their body is feeling good. Um but I also teach Metcon. I just got certified for that in March, actually. LOS. Oh, um, <laughs> right, right before. Um, it's, that's my favorite format to take at Equinox. So obsessed with it. Um, so I'm teaching Metcon 3. And yeah, it's just like anything hit, anything um, with like dumbbells and sandbags and all that kind of stuff is is my forte. Love it. So I want to talk about your iconic morning routine. Can you walk me through what you do on like a normal Okay. Morning? First of all, that's so sweet of you to say. I don't know <laughs> if I deserve that, but thank you. That's, I mean, I think wow. I mean, wow, Jane, like I can't. This is so sweet. Um, <laughs> so my morning routine. Um, I work full time, as I mentioned. So I like to wake up, have my whole day before I have to be at work. So I usually wake up between 5.30 and 6.30, um, depending on the day. And lately I've been not going on Instagram or on my phone for the first like hour or so. It's just really helped me. I, I wake up, I put on music and I immediately make a bowl of oatmeal every single morning. And I usually have like a little tea or, or something and I chug a bottle of water. And I've been lighting candle recently too. So I have like candle, music, breakfast. I sit down and I open up my journal and I journal for, I try to do this every morning. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but it's always on my list. And I just let my mind kind of seep into the day and figure out like, okay, what am I feeling today? Because I feel like in the winter, especially I wake up and sometimes it could be a good or a bad day, but I just don't know yet like how it's going to go because 
it's all in my mindset. Like my day is going to be good if I, if I choose that it's going to be good and it's going to be bad if I choose that it's going to be bad. So I have to start my day on a clean slate and just kind of figure out how I feel. And if I, if I have any kind of mental blocks that morning, I like to just address them right away in my journal so that they don't kind of manifest in different ways throughout the day because it just has. So do you just, um, do you mind dump or do you do like prompts? I just mind dump. I just kind of start with like, this is what's happening today. And then it just leads me down a path of like, this is how I'm feeling this week. And this is why I'm feeling this way. Um, And I have to say, it really makes me feel better. It it makes me feel amazing. Um, So I journal and then I get on some active wear and I run out the door and I either go to the gym or I go for a walk or I go to a workout class. I like to stay active in the morning. So I'm always walking around, moving. And then after being out and about for like an hour to two hours, depending on what I was doing, I work my way back and I usually stop at Whole Foods every morning and I get a second breakfast and then like snacks for the day. And um, then I start my day. That's awesome. You are like literally watching how early you get up and like all the stuff that you do is just like so motivating for me because like I'm I'm definitely a morning person but I'm like a very slow morning person (laughs) like I will sit down to journal and then it's like oh I feel like stretching and now I feel like doing this and I'm like I don't have time to do this every single day um so I love that you're just so on top of it and so active in the morning that's something that I'm trying to be a little bit better about I feel like honestly though like sometimes it just depends on your preference like if you like slow mornings and that works for you, like that's totally awesome too. And I think for me, it's just like getting up and getting after it is just for my mind. It just makes me feel super good the whole day. But hey, if you like to work out at noon, if you like to work out at two or four or six, like it's really just what works for you, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, so what is the oatmeal recipe? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so funny. Everyone is like obsessed with it. It's what it's, it's just like not that complicated. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's evolved over the years. What what it is now is I use old fashioned oats and stovetop typically or microwave if I have to, but usually stovetop. So I boil my oats and I use water and almond milk. You know, pretty standard. And <laughs> I add raw unsweetened cacao powder from Whole Foods. It's a three six five brand, best brand, and um for cacao powder anyway. And I use the Garden of Life vanilla plant protein sport. And I've tried a billion protein powders and that's the best one. I have to say by far, uh, in my opinion, is the best. And so yeah, I mix mix the oats with the protein powder with the cacao. I add more almond milk. Maybe I'll make some after this because I'm kind of <laughs> right I have cacao maybe I'll try that I'm not a protein powder person I just like cannot get the protein mm. taste out of my exactly. mouth you know um but I never put cacao in my oatmeal so oh my gosh try you have to it's so good it's so high in antioxidants it's incredible it tastes like chocolate it's delicious I mean obviously it tastes like chocolate it's cacao whatever um <laughs> it's like a chocolate cake or like brownie. um but so yeah I do I do all that you know and, and that's that's my oatmeal recipe. And I think people are just, I think people see it and they're like, is she eating dessert for breakfast? Like what's happening? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks It's amazing. so good. Um, but the going off the whole protein thing, I totally feel you on that. Some protein powders are just like disgusting. Like they taste so like either processed or like they have some kind of weird like green. Yeah, my, my boyfriend is like such a, um, just like, like a gym dude. Like he will eat, pro like drink protein shakes that just taste horrible like he does not care what they taste like at all so like all the protein he gets I am like Grant this is just yeah you gotta get the right one and that's why I like life I feel like it doesn't have that like weird protein vibe that others do and it's unassuming Mm -hmm. you know so that's the one I use and what what was it called garden of life vanilla plant protein sport garden of life Okay, I'm writing it down. <laughs> okay, at Whole Foods they have packets that you can try. So, oh, that's yeah. what I need. Yeah, yes. let me know what you think. Make my own recipe. Um, it's kind of become iconic <laughs> over the past couple of years because I just post about it so much. But it's so simple, and 
um, I don't really know where I, I would be if I had never started eating oatmeal for breakfast because I, I mean, I had it this morning, I had it yesterday morning, I had it the day before, I had it every single day. Like, <laughs> and sometimes I also have it like later in the day too. Like sometimes I'll have two bowls. So. Oh my God. Okay. I need to try it. Cause I'm, I I'm lost for breakfast. Like we've been making those, you know, those like egg muffins where you like can put all the stuff yeah. in it and then you just so bake good. the eggs. They're so good and it's so easy. Um, but if you don't make them, yeah, it's <laughs> you know, then you don't have them. So I need something like easy to do in the morning. So that might be. Yeah, might go be. for it. And if, if I do it, you can because I don't cook. So <laughs> I like <laughs> this is the, um, the hardest thing that I will do. And it's like it takes me three minutes to make. So, yeah. Amazing. As you could I tell, I'm like, oh, and then I stop at Whole Foods every day and get all my food for the day because I don't cook anything for the the day right buy everything I need um so yeah but it's so cheap and so it's like if I save money on that in the morning then right then you have it for the for the rest of the day have you always been a morning person or is this something you like trained yourself to um so I no I haven't been um I kind of it's funny because I I kind of forget like who I used to be it I know that sounds weird but like in high school I was such a different person than I am now and even my freshman year of college that like I almost don't feel like that was even ever me at, at this point like it's it's really weird maybe that's like a weird mental thing I don't know no no I totally agree with you I am like a, like day and night from yeah oh ooh, I'm curious what, who are you like? what were you like in college <laughs> well I majored in musical theater yes oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah so I was just like very um like stressed, I think would be the word. Like I hadn't quite like figured everything out yet or like even figured myself out yet. And I had this idea of like who I was supposed to be. And I also went to the same school as my older sister, which I think has its own, like, like I came into school with everyone already knowing who I was because they knew my sister. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. So it was just, I don't think I knew who I was, what I wanted to do. I was just like very lost and like projected that in every aspect of oh my, my gosh. Life. That's, that's, yeah. I, I had an older sister um, that went to high school with me and I had a vibe like that too, where I always kind of felt like the like younger sister vibe and like never cool enough. And like, it was always kind of cast aside. It's a whole other thing. Um, where did you go to school? Um, I went to ECU. It's in oh, North cool! Carolina. And then you moved to New York. Mm-hmm. See, now I'm I'm interviewing you. Why? <laughs> yeah. So I I actually moved to Florida after school because I took a contract in Florida, um, and that was kind of like it was it was so weird because it was a commercial contract. So it was like I was at a resort, and our cast was only four people, and I was alone like all the time. Um, so it was just like that was definitely like a defining moment in my life where I was like. I don't like doing this all the time and I don't want to jump from contract to contract and I just want to live somewhere. And so then I ended up quitting and moving home. And then I was like, I think I'm going to become a personal trainer. I love it. I love it. That's so cool. And I think that's, I mean, that's a testament to like, you can change so much. And, and that's why I feel that way because I don't even remember what the question was, but I, I don't feel, Oh, morning person. We're working our way yeah. back. Um, I don't feel like I am the same person as I was when I was growing up. And now that I'm in New York, it's like I flipped a switch in my life. And but anyway, um, yeah. New York does that. You you just like you have to be yourself and you have to be like confident in yourself and strong in yourself because the city is just like I mean, even just like walking down the street, like the city is just so harsh that you can't hide. You can't like you just have to like, I don't know, like be confident because like. New Yorkers are really tough and they'll walk all over you and they'll push you out of the way to get on the subway and like do whatever they need to do because everyone's looking out for themselves. But New Yorkers also, I don't know, it's this weird complex because I feel like New Yorkers are always like looking out for themselves, but also like always looking out for It's true. Yorkers. It's true. It's a community, but we like don't like tourists mm-hmm. and we're out of here, but <laughs> New York or nowhere, baby, let's go. Yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah, so I was not a morning person growing up. Um, I would have to wake up for school. Uh, I had to be there at 7.30. And I was always on time myself, but I had to rip myself out of bed. And um, my sister always was super late, so she would make us late. But I I was punctual, (laughs) but not happy to be punctual. Um, And Mm -hmm. my freshman year of college, 
kind of the same way. Um, I was, I had a couple of really early classes and waking up for them was like, I had to drag myself out of bed, uh, which is hilarious, honestly, considering my <laughs> lifestyle now, like it's actually funny. Um, Sorry, there's a huge siren outside. <laughs> I was like, now. what part of New York are you in? Um, I'm in oh, Portland. okay. I was like, are you close to yeah. me at all? Like that. <laughs> no, I'm on. I'm on the because you're you're. Yeah, so we're like town, right? very far from each other. Like yes. very far. <laughs> Might as well right. not be in the same city, but um. Uh. Anyway, yeah. And now I wake up super early. I think the transition happened like second semester, my freshman year. I started to wake up earlier. Um, I had a 7.30 in the morning class at college, which is crazy. It was a law class and I loved law. So that was like a motivator to start getting up. And then um, I think like when I started working at the marina this summer, everything kind of, I, it's kind of weird because getting a job at that marina, mm-hmm. like really changed my life. Changed it's it all. Great. Yeah. Like beyond fitness, it's, we won't get into it, but it just like changed me in a lot of ways. It taught me a lot of life lessons that summer. Um, I also worked on a team of all men except for me. Like I was the only oh, dock wow. hand. Mm-hmm. Um, all of my like the dock masters and um, all the other dock hands were all guys, like college guys and like a little bit older than college. And then all the girls worked behind the front desk. But I was just a dock. I was the girl dock hand. So that was a lot too. It was just like a lot. It, it was a Big summer for me. Anyway, but I had to open there at seven a couple times a week and I lived an hour away. So I would have to wake up at five to go open. And I think that just kind of started my early mornings. Even when I had to be there at like um, 9 a.m. or 11, like I still had to wake up early. And I just started to kind of get into that routine. And then once you kind of start that lifestyle, uh, it just kind of perpetuates and I always had to wake up early for at least like 9 a.m. classes or or if I didn't have 9 a.m. class, I would have 9 a.m. work um, when I was in school. So I always had to be up and then I just fell in love with being up early and just like the energy in the morning. It's just. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's I love, love it's being up early. such an amazing lifestyle. And I'll go back to saying this again, like it's so much more mental than anything because it just makes you feel like you are on top of things and ahead of the game. And it's literally just a matter of like the time of day. It's, it's very odd to me that like that can make me feel so much more empowered in the rest of my day. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think that's why I love to wake up early because it's, it's like a mental shift. It makes you feel like you are capable of so much. Um, But yeah, it definitely has not always been that way for me. Yeah. That's cool that that you just kind of like adjusted and were able to like take that from that summer all the way to like what your morning routine is now, which is just so awesome. We're going to take a quick break from this episode to talk about the Movement and Mindset program. Movement and Mindset is an online fitness program made for women who want to feel happier and healthier in their day-to-day lives. I was always a gym girl. Home workouts were not really my thing, but when the pandemic hit, I was forced to become more creative with my training, and I learned that you can actually do so much without a ton of space or equipment. The program is focused on functional training and helping you find ways to incorporate healthy habits into your life. It also has a huge emphasis on education. I encourage everybody to ask questions, and I love explaining the why behind each workout and style that we learn. Once you join the program, you get five workouts per week sent directly to your inbox. You'll get access to our private Instagram page with video breakdowns of each exercise so your form is always on point. You'll be accepted to our Facebook group where I post articles, playlists, a ton of fun stuff, and it's just a really great place to connect with other members. You'll have access to a personal trainer, so if you have any questions about your specific goals or any like specific modifications for your body, I'm always happy to help. If you're interested in joining the program, go to jksimmonsfitness.com to sign up and use code MMPODCAST to get your first month free. Grab a friend and let's get moving. So on your page, you talk a lot about like different aspects of mental health. I think uh, recently you made a post about normalizing not texting back immediately. Can you sure? Speak oh my that? gosh, I love this question. Um, no one ever asked me. Oh, there's a fairy horn behind me again. Yay! <laughs> no one ever asked me about like mental health posts because um, I go on. A couple, I've been on a couple podcasts about fitness now, which is so fun. Um, but 
yeah, I think uh, I I think the whole normalizing not texting people back thing is so important. I like to think back to back in the day when we didn't have cell phones, we didn't have text messaging, we didn't have social media, and if you, maybe even when we just had like email, for example, like if you got an email, it would be like totally chill to answer like the next day or in a week or a few days away, you know, like or when you were writing letters mm-hmm. to people, for example, or even like calling someone back on the phone back in the day. I was very young when we didn't have cell phones, but I remember it. I remember like the way that life used to be. And it's like, you don't have to be at everyone's beck and call all the time. And you don't have to be accessible to the world all the time. And I think that now it's just so petty. Like the I just see the way that my friends and like the world reacts when people don't text them back immediately. And like, for example, a lot of people that I know are like, oh my gosh, like this guy, he let's say dating, for example, that's such a hot topic with texting and like this, this whole thing. And then this, this goes, this topic, like mm-hmm. for me, goes very far beyond that because it's really just like my brain cannot handle responding to so many people in a day. And I just like, I need to have the flexibility of like not having to respond to people. And that's, I have my red receipts on, mm-hmm. but I can't be accessible to people all the time. It's just so mentally exhausting. I, I don't even know, maybe it's just me, but like texting people back is just, it feels like it's so exhausting to me sometimes and like overwhelming. If I'm having a really mm-hmm. busy day at work, for example, like I work insane hours and sometimes, and this is where I get back to the whole dating scenario. I know a lot of girls um, and guys, I know a lot of people who will say, oh, well, they didn't text me back for like a whole day. Like they must be ignoring me or something. Like I'm, it only takes two minutes or 30 seconds to pick up your phone and send a text. And to that, I say, absolutely not. First of all, I there have been guys that I really, really like, and I won't text them back for like two, three days. And it has nothing to do with like a game that we're playing or like, it has nothing to do with me mm-hmm. not liking them. Like I could be like head over heels for this person and not text them back. It's because of a lot of things. And I've kind of detailed it in the post, but you need to be, I like to be in the right headspace when I'm talking to people. And I like to be just like, it's such a distraction too from like my actual life. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of different elements that go into it, but I think we should just normalize just letting people live their lives separately and not like not feeling like they owe you a response because no one owes you anything. No one owes you a text. No one owes you a coffee. No one, you know what I mean? Like anything. And like, like, Oh, so rude. Like they didn't get back to me. Like, no, they're just out there living their life. And like, you don't know what they're going through. Like maybe someone in their family just passed away. You know what I mean? Maybe they're having a really, really Mm -hmm. hard week at work, or maybe they're just busy living their life, having fun. And they don't really want more people in their space. And I think that taking it personally and, and all that, and like reading between the lines, it just gets so problematic. So that's another long winded answer about that one, but (laughs) <laughs> no, I totally agree with you, though. And it's so like, I, I really have a, I don't want to call it like, well, it is kind of a problem. <laughs> um, feeling like I have to like be accessible to everyone all the time. That's something that I've really been working on this year specifically, because 2020 has um, actually kind of given me the room to work on that. Um, so like, just something I've been practicing is just being like, let me get back to you on that. Just so, like, I can, like, acknowledge people and be like, hi, I see you, I hear you, but, like, I can't talk to you right now. And, like, even just that, even just giving, like, an answer that's, like, I can't talk about this right now has helped me so much because it's so easy when we have, like, just notifications on our phone and we have them come up on our watch and all that stuff just to feel like you need to be Totally. It's, like, a sense of urgency and it just creates so much stress Mm -hmm. and it takes away from, like, the flow of whatever you're doing and it, it just... It's just a whole and and I always remind myself too that it is like that on purpose. Like these apps and social media and all that is designed to make you feel that sense of urgency and to make you feel like you have to be on it right now and all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's literally scientifically made exactly, to make and you it's kind like of understanding that and beating the system. And to take it way, 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 way back um, to the. <laughs> 
Jane Austen days. I don't know if you're a big fan of Jane Austen. Ooh, but yes, my sister, Carrie, we love to watch Jane Austen movies. She loves the books. And we always say in our podcast, we always say, you know, back in the day, you might see someone once every year, like twice a year. You might get a letter from them once a month. That's what you had to go off of. And now we're at this place where it's like, if he doesn't text you back in two hours, then like he obviously hates you. And it's like, that's just not the way life works. Like sometimes work gets busy and you don't have time for your personal life for a whole day or a whole week. And like, sometimes you're having a bad mental health day and you don't want to talk to people because you don't want, you want to like present the best. It's, it's kind of like, you know, when even back like 15 years ago, let's say you went on a date with someone um, and they were like, cool, like let's hang out again sometime. Like I'll call you. And they'd probably call you in a couple days and say, let's do something this weekend, you know? But now it's like, if they don't text you back, like the morning after saying had a great time last night, it's like, oh, they're canceled. And it's like, no, it's not the way life is. So that's yes. just my, oh my God. and also just like that, I feel like people who they, when you read between the lines like that, like you're creating false realities. It's like, oh, you send an email to you could send an email to like an employer or something, like asking a question or like wanting to connect on something, and they don't get back to you for like four days. Maybe like day one, you're like, okay, that's fine. Day two, you're like, oh my gosh, like did I say the wrong thing? Day three, you're like, oh, they hate me. I hate myself. <laughs> I made the wrong thing. This is this is terrible. Day four, you're like, let me just never talk to them again. And then day five, they email you back and say, sounds great. Like, when do you want to connect? And you're like, oh, I've just been hating myself for five days for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, totally. We just obsess over it because we just let ourselves marinate yes, yes. all those you know, feelings. That's a great word to use here. It's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of false feeling marination. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway. Um, yeah. So, and I like to talk about mental health beyond like the texting thing too. Like I talk about like the reason I work out and like the how like demons fuel you like I posted a couple of years ago in October about like demons and I think that people another thing about my fitness account is it's it's a social media account like beyond fitness every social media account is kind of showing like everyone says the highlight reel of your life or whatever and I think it's okay to show like beautiful mm-hmm. photos and stuff and and to just be honest about how you're feeling along the way because it something can look pretty and still like be honest, if that makes sense. I think think a lot of people Mm -hmm. think it has to either be like beautiful and fake or real and like raw and not as like premium content, if that makes sense. Yeah, but life is just- Yeah, and I think there's something beautiful about being honest. And so I like to toss in like a long caption here and there about how I'm feeling and how I'm doing um, because people find that, relatable like and I think being feeling like you can relate to someone um it just makes you feel way less alone and so I like to toss that in there and and hopefully people Mm -hmm. can can relate feel better yeah and I think even as a creator like I know sometimes um like I post a lot about mental health and sometimes I get like really nervous (laughs) when I'm about to post something because I'm like oh this is me being very vulnerable um but then just having so many people be like I feel the same way. I, I like, I just posted this thing a couple weeks ago about like, sometimes I don't feel fitnessy enough to be in the fitness space because like, I don't do X, Y, and Z. And just like all these things you typically see on a fitness account. Um, and just like the amount of fitness professionals that we're no, like, yeah. the same the way. Is nuts. Is I'm like, crazy. Oh my gosh, like, what can mm-hmm. I do? And I'm actually like, yeah, I kind of want to, I've been thinking about that too. And like, I'm posting something tonight about, about, feeling like you're your own worst critic and this whole thing. Um, but it's it's crazy mm-hmm. because everyone that you look up to is feeling the same way. And we're all just not saying it. But like I teach at Equinox and I still feel like I have a lot of work to do. Like I, I don't feel like I'm the best and I don't feel like I'm like I feel it's hard to explain and I'm not gonna get down on myself but I mean I love my job I love what I do but like to everyone else on the outside looking in it looks like all happy and dandy but it's like it's a cutthroat world and we're all just trying to be better and be our best selves um so I think posting about the hard days is what makes it, it it just makes your account just more authentic and I think that's yeah definitely um, how do you feel like staying active helps with your mental it's, health? 
unbelievable. I think, I mean, chemically it produces like endorphins and stuff. So it's naturally a very um, uplifting thing for me. Like moving makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It, it also clears my head and it gives me the time to think deeper. Like when I'm on a run or on a walk or something or on a bike ride, and I'm not really on my phone. I'm just thinking about life and it gives me the time to like put pieces together and like be by myself and like usually outdoors, like in nature. Or if I'm having a really hard day and I go to a really good workout class, it just lets me let everything go and it releases a lot of stress and tension in my body. Um, It's like a good outlet for negative energy. Um, I always feel better after a workout, mentally, physically. um, I just feel better about myself. I feel more accomplished. I feel lighter. Um, My head feels like it's clearer. So I would say it's detrimental to my mental health. Yeah. And and are there any things that you purposely include on a bad mental health Hmm. day? Journaling is, it's hard on a bad mental health day because you don't really want to say anything, but it uncovers a lot because you, if you start with a blank page, like something's bound to come out and it always surprises me. I'm always like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that that's why I'm feeling off. And then you can correct it. It's amazing. So journaling, um, I'd say mm-hmm. going for a walk. Walking always makes me feel better. If I have the time and it's not like pouring rain, even if it is pouring rain, I usually do that. I love the rain actually. <laughs> right. so. um, yeah, I think working out, but like it depends. Like is it a rest day? Am I close to the gym? Am I at home? Am I in New York? Like it, the gym is a variable that changes, but something you can always do is you can always journal. You can always walk. Um, and those are just two things that always make me feel at least marginally better, or at least they help me understand why I'm feeling bad, which is a step in the process to feeling better. Yeah, I love that. I love both of those things. Um, so we, we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to talk about motivation because as we were saying, like from the outside looking in, it does look like you're super motivated all the time to be active. Um, do you feel yeah, motivated I mean, all the time? That, that's like, that's the thing about it is that it's not even motivation at this point. First of all, it's routine. I think routine trumps motivation. Like routine, if you, it's kind of like brushing your teeth. Like you wake up, you brush your teeth, you brush your teeth before you go to sleep. And some days you probably don't really want to, but you do it every single day because that's what you do. You brush your teeth. And that's what I do. Like I am active every single day and sometimes I'm jazzed about it. And it's like exploding, like in my heart, like so happy to work out and to move. And like the perfect song is on and the weather is amazing. Everything is like just perfection. And then some days it's like really cold and maybe like I'm really, really sore and like all this stuff, but I already know that it's going to make me feel amazing and it's part of my routine. So it's like, I wake up, I do it. It, and then I feel great afterwards. Um, so the motivation is in the routine, but it's also, I, I think that I'm more motivated to be the best version of myself than I am to like be fit. If that makes sense. Like I, I think a lot of people have false motivation or they have motivation in the wrong place. And I've actually been thinking a lot about this recently, this week, especially I've been thinking about intention and the intention you have behind things. And I think that ties into motivation. So if you're in, if you're act, let's say your action is like, I'm going to go to this workout class. I like to think, okay, so what is my intention? Like I'm intending to, a lot of people will say, I want to lose weight or I want to build strength or I want to um, burn a lot of calories. For me, the intention is I want to feel good in my body. I want to feel strong. I want to let out my stress. And yes, obviously like physique is always it's always a motivator. It's hard to not have that be a motivator, especially being a person and being mm-hmm. on social media and being in the fitness space. You always feel this like pressure to maintain something. But I think that finding the motivation in the motivation to be a fit, to be fit and to be healthy versus to be skinny. Like my motivation is never to be skinny um, because that is just a never ending painful downward spiral that will never make you feel good. Even if you're the tiniest that you've ever been, in my opinion, it just, it never ends. Like there's never a like, Oh, I feel good now. 
um, type of situation there. So I think for me, like I work out because I want to get better at something. So I want to get better at handstands. I want to get better at pull-ups. I want to get better at push-ups. But um, like being a fit person and having a good physique comes naturally with that, but it's not your motivation. And I, it's just such a better mindset to have. Yeah, I love that so much. And and you're right. It really is like um, I felt I felt like when I was chasing a physique there was just never an actual end goal. <laughs> it really was just like, okay, I hit that goal. Okay, well, now I have this new goal and I want to be right. thinner, it's like, thinner and thinner. And, and thinner. then you get to that point, you're like, I'm still not happy. Like this did not bring me happiness. And mm -hmm. this did not bring me like anything that I thought it would. And I think that it's finding the life with fitness incorporating into it in like a seamless way. It should never be forced. It should, should never cause you any type of like mental angst um or anguish i feel like it should be something that lifts you up and and i don't know i just feel like people who who torture themselves are wrong to be honest mm -hmm. yeah i agree and it's yeah and then it makes it just something you don't want to do and then that's when you get into that yo-yo totally. <laughs> of like this week you work out and then you don't totally and then you do and you know and that's not fun either um, I want to shift gears a little bit to talk about your YouTube channel Ooh. and your podcast. So for those who don't follow you, what kind of videos so on do you YouTube, put up on YouTube? We, so me and my twin sister, our, our YouTube channel is Carrie and Jenny King. And we've had it for many, 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 many years. Back through high school, we actually started it. <laughs> um, little known fact. And most of the videos are private now. But we do vlogs. So we're big vlogging people. And that's kind of it, it translates like into my Instagram, like my, my mission for my Instagram, like my like mission statement, I guess, is to showcase a love for fitness and also New York City at the same time, and just kind of how they seamlessly kind of coexist in my life. Like, New York City is a big character in, in my story. And um, our YouTube channel is a lot about that. We do vlogs of like daily life in New York City. And Carrie moved home, so she's doing things in Rhode Island, like riding horses and writing a book and working um, at this horse barn and like learning to ride and stuff. So she's doing all that. So it's just like showing our life in like a fun way. It's it's kind of like a memory thing for us, like collecting memories. We love to share it. It's a great creative mm -hmm. outlet to have. And then I'll do like a fitness video here and there. Carrie will upload like a singing video or a short film. It's kind of just like our lives on um on a channel and it's the same thing with our podcast our podcast is called twin talk with carrie and jenny and it's um it's really just that it's just twins talking about different topics so we have guests come on from youtubers to directors to actors um to just fitness professionals we have people come on but a lot of our best episodes i think are just us talking about things and we will come up with a topic like body image or um, journaling or our morning routines or what's different about us or our thoughts on dating, our thoughts on relationships in New York City, uh, our thoughts on traveling. Like we just talk about things for an hour and it's kind of the, the meeting of the minds. Like all of our, she's into like musical theater. She worked in the Broadway scene and she works in film and she's had like production internships. She's writing a book and I work in fitness and marketing. So it's kind of where all of that comes together. And, um, it's a really fun, a fun spot. So check out the YouTube channel for sure. Yeah. And I'll have both of those, um, linked below in the show notes. If oh anyone gosh, listening, I love, check I love. it out. <laughs> so I just have one last question for you. Um, if someone was feeling lost in their fitness journey, um, what advice I can you give them? I think that, I, what I would do is take a second, take a step back from whatever you're doing. And I think you should take a piece of paper and I want you to write on the top of this piece of paper what I want. And I want you to look at that paper and I want you to write down exactly what you want. And that seems very easy, but truthfully, and this is in fitness and in life. I think that you should apply this to your life too, because I do this with my life. And I try to do this at least once every couple of months to like realign with like my purpose and what I actually want, because I promise you it will surprise you because you will write down things and think, oh, this is completely 
going against everything I'm doing right now. Like this is, I'm not doing anything in alignment with this goal. Or you might be doing something that you think is leading towards something that you actually want and then realize that like, you don't even actually want that anymore, you know? Um, and being honest with yourself. So if you're not, if you're feeling kind of stuck within fitness, maybe you're doing like, I don't know, workout classes that you don't actually like, or you're forcing yourself to do a certain type of training that doesn't make you happy. And you're working towards a goal that is actually not aligned with your purpose and with your, your drive and figuring out like, okay, maybe I want to feel energized and happy every day and then kind of think, okay, well, what will make me feel energized and happy every day? Like, is it running six miles or forcing myself to go on the treadmill every morning? Like maybe it'll be doing a, a different type of class or like a different type of exercise. And, and again, harnessing like the intention behind what you're doing um, and just being honest with yourself and trying new things. Um, all that I think is a good way to get kind of back in a, a motivated headspace. That is so crazy that you said that because I oh my gosh today <laughs> as like my morning journaling prompt because I've just had these like career things that I'm like what am I doing with my life right now? So I literally sat down and made a list yes, of the things that I wanted. That is so insane. <laughs> so can, can confirm. confirm does Love work. It. Um maybe I'll do another one. I haven't done one in like a month or so. So maybe I'll just get a little refresh going. I'm so happy. I love yeah, that. There you go. That's so funny. Literally, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was such a good interview. Thank you thank for being you. here. For sure. Where can thank you for you? having me. That's This is such an honor. I like am surprised every time someone wants me on a podcast. I'm like, what? Um, so oh. you can follow me at Ginny King Fit on Instagram. That's the hub for, for everything. Um, JinnyKingFit.com has links to all of my stuff. Um, Carrie and Ginny King on YouTube and the Twin Talk podcast on Apple and Spotify. And um, I'm pretty sure that's all the things. <laughs> so yeah, um, thank you again for having me. This was <laughs> so fun. Thank you, Jenny, and thank you everyone who listened to this episode of Movement and Mindset. I hope you enjoyed it. I had so much fun recording this. Jenny is such an awesome person, so make sure you go check her out. Um, I'd love to hear what your favorite part of the episode was, so drop a comment on my latest Instagram post on at movement.mindset.pod. And if you aren't already, make sure that you're subscribed um, so you never miss an episode. I upload every Tuesday, sometimes on Wednesdays when the weeks get really busy, but I really I aim for Tuesdays. And if you haven't already, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review and rate the podcast. It just helps people find the podcast, helps us grow over here. So if you could just take a moment and do that, I'd really appreciate it. And I will see you next week.